What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, sitting across the way, have Johnny Boy himself. Woo! Welcome to the show. <laughs> What's going on? How's it going, man? It's going good. How have you been recently? I've been good. Tired, sick, kids, sick, you know, but busy. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're tired or not. You got to keep rolling. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, let me introduce you properly. Okay. So Johnny, uh, tell me what it is that you do. So my name's Jonathan Womack. Uh, I founded uh, Big Boy Cookies back in 2013, loosely. Uh, I was actually doing it out of the house from our cabin where me and Hannah were uh, living uh, at the time in Glenwood, and I was a drug rep. Um, And as a way to say thank you, I would make cookies for my doctor's offices and stuff. And we started getting more phone calls about cookies than about getting refills on the scripts. So uh, we decided uh, we would, I kind of did that for a few summers. Okay. Um, but instead of just walking in with a plate full of cookies, I was like, we need to brand this. And yeah. I had um, watched a few videos and just kind of studied a little bit on building a business. And my dad had his own company and Hannah's dad had her, his own company. Um, so it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, work, especially, you know, because there's a difference between uh, having a small business and being self-employed. Yeah. So towing that line for a while, um, like if I'm not there now, the business can still operate. So I feel comfortable with, you know, the people that I have. Building your team is one of the biggest parts of establishing stuff. But anyway, we did the thing at home for a while. Um, I was actually back in school to get my RN because uh, I was an LPN, and then I did the drug rep thing for a while, and then I was back in school to get my RN, and I had three different doctor's offices call me from my drug rep days, and they were like, hey, are you still doing cookies? And I, was, I wasn't really, but I was like, yeah, I'm doing them. Sure. Uh, what made you say yes? Was it just something that you enjoyed doing? Yeah, or, yeah I love yeah. doing it. I, I like making cookies and stuff and being in the kitchen. Um I kind of grew up in the kitchen with my grandmother and okay. uh, mom and stuff. And, you know, just it was always where everybody wanted to be. Yeah. You know, anywhere there's food, that's where people want to <laughs> gather. So um, anyway. So, so the I three doctor's like, offices, yes, they called? They were like, uh, yeah, I want to do like 30 dozen cookies. I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. I had no idea how I was going to do it. But uh, I, I had like a month. Like they had called me like in November. This was for December. Um, I was like, yeah, I can do that. No problem. There. I was like, do you want certain flavors or anything? And they're like, nope, you can do whatever you want to. Uh, well, at that time, I had made like six recipes. So I was like, okay, so we'll do these six flavors. I think it was chocolate chip, salted okay. caramel brownie, uh, white chocolate macadamia, caramel apple oatmeal, and maple bacon bourbon. And mm, nope, not banana pudding yet. Uh, anyway, and then the next day, another doctor's office called. Hey, I need to get 25 dozen cookies. I said, okay. But this was, uh, I'm a little bit lost here. You said that they had put in that order for a later date. Yeah, this was like 
the month or two before Christmas. They okay. were wanting these for Christmas. You so all of a sudden got massive amounts of calls. Yes, for it. okay, and because I had stopped, I had stopped making rounds as a drug rep. Um, like in January, and this was in November. Yeah. So, I mean, they like but cookies. Some, something they like, kept hey, you coming back. Well, I, because I had put, uh, I, me, we created our big boy brand. Me and Hannah kind of discussed how we wanted to look. And Hannah did the full layout and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it was, she, she we scanned in this old caricature that I had, had drawn like a long time ago. Yep. I remember. And um, we actually had it like on banners and stuff. Uh, anyway, it was... <laughs> Uh, I still have some of our original, yep. like logo design. You have to send so. it to me. We'll post it up on like on okay. the video and everything. So it's it's a little it's a little it's a very different from the new Johnny Boy <laughs> logo. But anyway, so I ended up baking, making, and baking. Uh, I think it was like ninety six dozen cookies at the house. Six dozen, yeah, from home. Uh, I had one KitchenAid mixer that I got whenever we got married. Yeah. It's, it's like this pale yellow thing. It's old yeller now. This this thing, like I, most people that get those, I don't feel like they really use them, but it's kind of like a thing that everybody wants. Yeah, it's just like, um, yeah. And it is cool to have if you If you know and, how to yes, use. They're, yeah. they're super handy. Yeah. They're super handy. Yeah, it makes baking and making stuff a lot easier. Freeze mm-hmm. up your hands. Anyway, uh, this one, like the pin that holds the top on, uh-huh. it's like wore out. So like whenever it's, it's running now, I like shimmies. So it looks like it's like. <laughs> and they're getting it. But uh, I had mine, I had my mom's, and my sister-in-law's. And they, Just I, all running. Yeah, all three at one time. So, at, at what point were you like, hey, like, there's something... Basically about, you know, after we finished that and we got paid for it and everything, I was like, man, you know, there's... That was fun. Well, it was, it was a lot of work, but I was like, I mean, we could legitimately possibly do a business... <laughs> from this. Yeah. Um, so I started looking into food trucks cause, uh, I was, I had just finished watching, uh, some show, the great American <laughs> food truck race, which I, after I decided we were going to do a trailer instead of a truck, I really wanted a truck, but the, there's pros and cons to doing one or the other. Sure. You know, one's maneuverability. The other is dependability. Sure. So, um, I wanted to always be able to go. So if the truck breaks down, you can get another truck. Sure. So that's why we ended up doing the trailer. Also, it was cheaper. Um, so I sold my motorcycle. I sold, you know, all my little toys. Was and that stuff. hard? I sold that to get my truck to pull the trailer with. I mean, yeah. it, it was a hard decision, but like whenever you go into business, it's it's not easy. Sacrifices. Yeah. Um, which I, I would probably say the biggest sacrifice going into business was sleep. Because um, I would work like three 18 to 20 hour days mm. making dough by myself. Um, this was still at the house or in the trailer? No, this was once we got the trailer. We got the trailer in the spring of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, funny, the, the night before we went to pick it up, I like had like a full blown panic attack. Like, Oh Jesus, we're about to spend like I think I think we paid like thirty six thousand dollars thirty it was either thirty or thirty six thousand dollars for the trailer to have it built out and everything. Yeah. Um I think we were right under forty after we did the wrap and got the generator and all that kind of stuff. So it was somewhere in that neighborhood. Um I was like, man, these cookies, they're not really that good. They kind of suck. I just I don't know if this is the right move, but we were already committed at that point. Sure. And I like 
woke up and Hannah's like, it's fine. Your cookies are good. People like them. You know, you've been selling them for five years on the side and people buy them. And I was like, okay, okay. So she's always kind of been like there to kind of calm. Yeah. There to just kind of just chill out. You're overthinking it. Um, But we went and picked it up um, and it was awesome. Me and my brother actually installed the oven on it because whenever you're pricing stuff out, they were going to add like another, I think it was $1,000 on top of the oven. And then I was like, well, it can't be that hard to bolt in. I said, y'all sure. just run the gas lines and I'll, we'll I'll handle put it in. the rest yeah. of it. Um, so we ended up bolting that in. And I saved, you know, saved $1,000. Same thing with the generator. They had a, the Honda 7000, it wasn't that old at the time, um, but they were going to charge us like $6,000 or 6500 for it. And you could buy it from Honda for four thousand. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'll just do that. Y'all just build the box. Which originally we ordered a generator from Home Depot. Yeah. It was a it was a Generac fifteen thousand watt generator. The Honda was only seven thousand watt. So I knew I wasn't gonna get the full capacity, mm-hmm. you know, for everything in there. Um it was un it lasted two events. Mm. It was c- so couldn't. loud. You the you know so the trailer's twenty feet long. The generator sat on the front. The windows at the back of the generator or uh-huh. the back of the trailer. Uh-huh. No one could hear us outside <laughs> because window. it was so <laughs> yes. The the people at that first event we did Peaches to Beaches were our, was our first event. Where's that at? in Jessup? Okay. Uh, Peaches to Beaches is actually uh, I want to say it may be the longest yard sale in the state of Georgia. Okay, but basically it goes like uh, from. It's 341, I think, but it goes through from like Brunswick, St. Simon area, all the way up through Jessup. And I don't remember where it dead ends at, but it's it's like, I think it's 120 miles. Wow. That people just, just do. Have yard sales every. every. There's, it's at businesses. We were just like in an open lot that sure. one of our friends lived in Jessup and they were like, y'all can come park here. If yeah. You want to. I was like, okay. So we went and did that. The people that That were, was the first event. Yeah. How was it? It was good. I think we made uh, two or $3,000. That's maybe. awesome. So that was that was really good. But lessons were learned uh, because I was like looking at everything and I was like, man, I'll, I'm looking at the numbers. So they're projecting thirty to 35,000 people are coming to this thing. And I was like, oh, well, I got to have milk. Sure. So we called Southern Swiss uh, because that's, you know, local dairy. Sure. And, you know, really good product. I was like... Let me get 350 quarts of reg- whole milk. Quarts. Quarts. Or, uh, no, pints. Excuse okay. me. Okay. I think they come in pints. Yeah. Okay. They, it was like a pint. Um, and then I want uh, 200 chocolate milk. Uh-huh. Because I was like, you know, 35,000, this is, you know, 1%. It's not a big deal. Sure. So we should sell out of that. Sure. We might sell out the first day, and that's fine. Sure. Um, I came home with 320 pints of, of milk. milk yes uh just whole milk and then uh 185 pints of oh. chocolate milk um what happened there you think was it well was it? where we were was not it wasn't where all the other food vendors were mm. so that was like whenever we were first getting started so i didn't know you need to go to like a food court area we went and paid like 20 or 30 bucks to park there for the day sure or it might have been a hundred dollars to park there for not like as the, much traffic for two days there was traffic there, but people weren't stopping there to eat. Yeah. They were eating because we were a convenient thing that was right there where they were already stopped. Got you. So, you know, looking back, um, 
yeah, getting in a food court is is pretty big. But uh, anyway, that's kind of the rough start to everything from conception to the trailer. And I, we did the trailer from 16, from uh, March of 16 was our first event there. And I worked at, I had like friends that would come help me make dough and stuff. Like mm-hmm. they would scoop or bag dough or whatever, because it's a whole process thing. Um, but I was washing dishes, scooping the dough, making the dough, um, doing all my own inventory, doing everything and finding events. And then Hannah would do all the paperwork for the events and stuff. Sure. Um, we ended up hiring one of our friends in March of 17 to kind of help do all the paperwork and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then in September of 17, we opened our brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. So that July, uh, June or July, we rented out the space and started remodeling it and kind of just trying to figure it out. Uh, and then hired like five or six, I don't know. I think we hired Mike eight people to begin with yeah, um, and had our grand opening in September of uh, 2017. Yeah. And now we're celebrating five, five years, years five which years. is an amazing accomplishment. And a rebrand. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> in the middle of it. Um, you know, what What has been the biggest lesson learned? You know, my, my channel is really meant for entrepreneurs, right? Like during this period of time, you know, what has been the biggest thing that you've kind of taken Gr- away? Growing, um, personal development's a big part of entrepreneurship. Um, If you want, trying to get people to buy into your business is really hard, Mm. like mentally. Mm. Um, So retaining employees, getting people that understand what you're trying to do, like you don't want someone that just clocks in and clocks out. Um, And doing that, you know, you kind of, it's... A lot of people don't like if you say, well, this place is like a family Yeah, because they, you know, I don't know. Um, But really trying to take care of your employees. And even if you can't, you know, I tell them all the time, like, I can't pay you $50 an hour. I can't I can't pay you this much, but I can respect you. Sure. And and learning that has been a thing that I've developed along the time. Also, from day one that we opened. I was so used to doing everything myself. It was very hard to delegate. And to grow, you have to be able to delegate. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to understand what it is that you're doing that you want them to do. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't have to be the exact same thing that you do. You just have to have the same result. Yeah. And, I mean, that that was a big part of growth and development for me was like, if someone makes a mistake... And it doesn't seem to be like a malicious intent thing, you know, because people make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Just don't react in the moment. And I mean, I figured a lot of this stuff out very early. Sure. Like, because I would have snap reactions, like if someone screwed something up. Sure. And it's just like, hey, why, why would you even do that? Like, that's so stupid. You can't do that kind of thing. And it's like, you know, you can't talk to people. I mean, you can yeah. talk to people like that, but you shouldn't talk to people like that. I know people do. And I mean, you see like, Hell's Kitchen and stuff like that. It's like you're, you know, an idiot sandwich and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not Gordon Ramsay. Sure. I'm not any, you know, I'm a guy that's trying to build something. Sure. So I want people to care about what we're doing. So anyway, fast forward to now. Yeah. If we make a mistake or somebody, an accident happens or whatever, you kind of take it in stride, take a deep breath. If it's 
a, a real problem, then we're going to discuss it right then. Sure. If it's something that needs to be addressed later, then we just try to just kind of move on and keep rolling and just learn from the mistakes yeah. is more now than reacting to the mistakes. That's great. That's great advice. Um, so that would, I mean, that that's, it's tough. Yeah. It's, it's tough because whenever you have people that are in there and they're just kind of clocking in and out and they really don't like, you want people to, hey, welcome to Johnny Boys. How you sure. doing? You ever been here before? Yeah. I told, you know, trying to tell people how to sell and how to just interact with people, especially a younger generation. I feel like they would rather text the customer when they walk in. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? And send them an emoji, you know, versus, uh, hey, how you doing? You know, uh, it's it's a, I don't know. I mean, it, what do you think? What do you think is going on there? Like, you know, because I, I I speak to a lot of this, right? This mm-hmm. this is something that I think a lot of business owners are going through right now, where this current generation, I mean, maybe their communication skills. Or the other side of it is just we've kind of like developed ours like so much, right? Um, but what I do see at times is like a, a difficulty or a challenge there that I haven't potentially seen before. Yeah. Do you see it changing on your end? What I think it part of it is, is uh-huh. a gen- this generation has grown up with social media since they were born. Yeah. You know, I I was in... I remember our first computer. Yeah. You know, I was in like, I think it was the school that I was going to. It was like 94, 96. I want to say I was in second grade. Um, But I remember we had a computer class. Yeah. Green screens. And it was like you learned how to turn it on and put in codes and stuff. And it's not like you were doing anything crazy, but like you had math on there and English. I mean, I remember floppy disks. (laughs) And then the three and a halfs and then CDs. And, you know, it's like they, I feel like people don't won't believe you like 20 years from like your yeah. grandkids are going to be like, what do you mean you had a phone with buttons on it <laughs> and attached to the wall, you know, stuff but, like that. But you're addressing something that's very important, right? Like yeah. the, this age of technology is moving us faster and faster down this path. But you know, in terms of culture, so what does that mean for the like that they're growing up with social media? Does that mean that their minds are changed? Like that? I, I don't think that that should impact. The I think level it's developmental of... processes. Um, you know, I'm kind of a smart mouth, so mm-hmm. my reaction time is very fast for mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Uh, I can do the quips yep. and say, th- I, sometimes you have to engage your filter, uh, <laughs> and I have a problem doing that sometimes, okay. but like, because if somebody smarts off to you, you immediately want to hit back with them and sure. hit them harder. Sure. And when you're a keyboard jockey and you're, sure. you know, you got time to process that. Sure. You know, it's like, um, so do you, do you say, I don't know you think if that their processing time is like slower because they're hiding behind a screen? Possibly. Mm. Um, plus, I mean, we just, we learned how to talk. I, I have people that are my, like, I like to talk on the phone. Sure. I'm old, old soul, I guess, <laughs> what people say. Uh, but like, I want to <clears throat> call and talk to my friends because they, they're all just, just text me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not calling. I'm not texting you like, hey, man, what's up? Because it's nothing. Okay, yeah. end of the conversation. Hey, bud, what's been going on with you? You know, everything good? How's everybody doing? You don't want to go into these lengthy, 
just just to connect with someone, conversations, everything. I feel like it's it's on demand. I, yeah, I don't right. Like I in, mean, in, in, everything's like, so instantaneous for a younger. Like they don't know how to sit there and wait for the computer mm. to dial up. Everything's always instant, and I don't know. I mean, uh, so I have a theory there. Okay. In, in talking about texting and just calling, in just in general, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, and this really started, uh, really with like kind of like even like Netflix and and that type of thing. It's mm-hmm. we want things when we want it, mm-hmm. instead of we have to deal with it immediately, right? So the difference there is like when you get a text, you can decide when you want to reply. Mm-hmm. But when you're on the phone, you need to get that reply immediately. Yep. And that could be potentially like some of like the difference as opposed to from before, right? Yeah. Um, but it's it's very interesting, kind of like this mm-hmm. this new kind of like wave. But, you know, and I've, I've also seen the argument that say people, we've always been like this mm. as a culture. Because sure. before it was your smartphone, it was the newspaper. Mm. People would sit and read the newspaper instead of talking to you. Or there, I mean, TV's kind of been around for a while, but sure. not always. But I mean, I think that they're more advanced at a younger age because the knowledge that they consume mm. is very, it's like third graders are probably learning what we learned in middle school mm. or high school. Sure. Maybe at some levels. Sure. Uh, but. I don't know, which I still can't understand the common core of math <laughs> stuff. I was like, I was watching somebody do it, and I was like, they're doing what? Yeah. Just add it. Yeah. Let's get <laughs> let's, let's get back to cookies. Yes. So you know, with with big um, oh, I almost slipped right there. Uh, with Johnny Boy, uh, you've kind of uh, grown. You've done ton of festivals. You've actually are you now a uh, resident of a certain location in Savannah? Uh, we have a contract um, okay we're still working on the details of it awesome but yes we have had our food truck at starlin yard amazing for about four months now okay uh, we're set up seven days a week we have a great staff working down there um are they all local from down there mm-hmm. that's yeah, amazing yeah we uh we just had we have two girls working it um and they're they're awesome and um, how were you able to do that i mean obviously like i worked at um uh, i started out just going like one day a week and then I asked them if we could bump it up because travel and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, they were allowing me to bring it down there, leave it for a day, and then come back and pick it up the next day and just kind of work it the whole time. Um, but basically, if the van or if the trailer was there, we we would be there from the time they opened until the time they closed, regardless. Sure. Uh, and I ended up getting to the point where I was working like Wednesday or Thursday through Saturday every week for like six months. So yeah. I know the truck inside and out. I can, I mean, work it Probably one-handed. It I mean, it's... Blindfolded. <laughs> yeah. So I I started taking note of what it was I was doing on the truck, how many supplies I was going through, how many cookies I'm going through, um, bake times, how to turn, how to bake, how to do all the stuff. And then realizing I need to teach someone else how to do this so that I can free myself up to go, you know. Continue to grow. Yeah, keep because we have a second vehicle now to do caterings and stuff with, and I'm figuring that one out now, which that one's presented a lot of issues. uh, (laughs) Which has been fun. 
yeah, that's one way, <laughs> that's to, way put to put it. it. <laughs> um, I, another thing is mindset is it goes a long way with, with what you do. Uh, staying positive, even if it's a bad situation, try to find a good in it. Yeah. Um, Rolling with the punches. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you get bogged down in negativity, it just kind of keeps building. Mm-hmm. But luckily for me, um, Hannah is always positive. That's great. Like, and if she's trying to be negative about something, which is rare, um, sometimes I double down with her for a little bit. But <laughs> I just try to, you know, balance it out. Yeah. But so, you know, with the food truck, um, there's it, there's a certain culture that comes with that mm-hmm. um, that is different than any other business, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like because, you know, I recently got into the game a little bit. I got yep. my little taste of what a food truck's like. And, you know, it, it's different because with the brick and mortar, you have kind of like things that are stationary. Right. Mm-hmm. But when the food truck, you know, things are moving about. There's always things that maybe put like the upkeep of a vehicle that mm-hmm. also presents its challenges. But alongside with that is once you kind of like, quote unquote, sail out or you're away from kind of like, you know, the the place where you start out at, mm-hmm. you're kind of like cut off, right? Like you're just yeah. kind of like you have to just figure it out. So what do you think is, I guess, to you, like the skill sets that you need in order to operate a food truck? Having basic mechanical skills. Mm-hmm. I have basic mechanic knowledge. Okay. But not really from skills. Where? Oh, be, because the I was family. In, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I can change tires and check fluid levels and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, and I can, sometimes I could diagnose some issues, but like, I mean, I know if the transmission's slipping, uh, you can listen for like, if it sounds like it's not getting fuel or mm-hmm. if it sounds like the starter's going bad or, you know, and smells, um, you can, you can smell a burnt transmission, yeah. you can smell burnt motor oil. Uh, if it's leaking fuel or, you know, different things, if you have a coolant leak, you know, all just from being around it for so long, um, having a knowledge of that, but then understanding what you can and can't fix on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to not have like really many tools. Like I got to where by the time I parked the truck at Starlin, I had a tool bag. Yeah. I had a toolbox. I had an air compressor. And I had a spare tire uh-huh. and, and and a bottle jack. Just as like backup. That I always kept on there because I had been going to an event and had a blowout on the side of I-16. Um, now, one time that there's like black marks on the, it's on the driver's side uh, of, of the trailer because uh, I had a blowout and like it, like the tread, like three feet of the tread or no, about two feet of the tread was like slapping. Yeah. I didn't know it. Like I thought I heard something. I looked in the in the mirror and I can see the tire like hitting and I was like, oh my God. Luckily, I was like half a mile from an exit. It yeah. took me 20 minutes to get to the exit. Yeah. And then it was uh, Dean Forrest or something. Like th- where the exit that it was on, there was no pull off. Yeah. Not on the exit, like on the off ramp or after you got off. Like I had to drive let down like a mile and a half. Before you could find even a place. Yeah. To get somewhere. And luckily, I found a guy that came, and this was before I started keeping a spare. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you're pulling a trailer or if you can fit a spare on your truck, you should try to have one. Yeah. Um, and then also, I was having to change my tires out almost every year, and then I got uh, steel-belted. I called the tire shop. I said, listen, I want 
the heaviest duty tire that they make. And he was like, oh, man, it's going to be rough. I said, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care because how you rough were going it is. through it. Yeah. Is it um, just the weight of the trailer? It's the Heavy? weight because, I mean, on one side, another thing whenever you're setting up your food truck and stuff, your equipment placement Very is going to throw – it can throw off your ride quality. Sure. Um, like on the van that we have now, I've got a generator – an oven and a freezer, um, a three compartment sink, hand washing sink, on one side of the tr- on the van. And on the other side, I've got a dipping cabinet and a, a two door sliding front refrigerator, and then that's it. Um, so it's, it's heavier on one side. It's heavier on one side. And I was talking to the builder about, it, and they were like, "I mean, but, but for the amount you- of equipment that you're putting in here, it's." You're, you might wear down one side of your tires more than the other. Yeah, but it's also a dual rear wheel, so sure. that'll help. Offset the. I think we deal with that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's just the natural way that food trucks are usually built. One yeah. side is usually a little bit heavier than the other. Mm-hmm. Well, because you have to have a window. Yeah, exactly. Know? So our on the van, we were able to put our window in the sliding door. Yeah. So that that took care of that spot. What um right. you know for somebody that's interested in food trucks, mm-hmm. what kind of like advice would you get give them to potentially kind of get started? Hmm. Honestly, I would probably say try to find someone with a food truck and see if you can work with them at an event and see if it's for you. Yeah. Because whenever we would go work events and stuff, you know, if I remember one of our best days ever, we did like over $4,000. I think we might have done over five, but mm-hmm. it was like, and all, like it was from like, it might have been from like nine to five or 10 to five, something like that. It was a very busy. insanely busy, like nonstop day. Yeah. And, you know, the people that were with me, like, oh, man, I can't believe we made that much in one day. I was like, it's one day for you. Yeah. I've been working for the last two weeks every day trying to get everything ready to for this, this event. So it's not just going and finding events. It's all the prep work that goes into mm-hmm. it, you know. Um, and and you have to consider speed. For a food truck, it's about speed, mm. the quality of your product, your price point, and then kind of outside of that would be like your vehicle, your maneuverability, your distance that you can travel. Um, You have to think about, there's a lot of factors that kind of go into an event. Now, I've done events in South Carolina. I've done them in Florida. I've done almost everywhere in the state of Georgia. I've done like Cloud Canyon, which is almost in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And then we do a few, we do a lot of events in St. Mary's. There's a a Rustapalooza event that they usually do in like the spring and the fall. And that's always really good. But um, what's been some of uh, the standout events for you? Usually food truck festivals are really good. Savannah Food Truck Festival has been one of our top uh, ones always. Uh, Metter has a really good food truck Mm -hmm. festival too. Um, I think Vidae is doing one this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Florence, South Carolina, they we did it pre-COVID and it was really good. And then post-COVID, they like added I think double the amount of trucks or something. And I think they were also charging an admission to get in. So mm-hmm. um, once you get in with like a good, the person that puts on the shows and stuff, I, I can't remember the name of it. Now. Organizer or yeah, I think that's like what that. it is. Yeah, um, once you find one of those guys that's really good. Sure. You kind of want to be friends and, you know, make sure that always be friendly with everybody if you can, because like if you go to an event and it's rained out, you shouldn't be like, 
oh, this this event was terrible. I'll never do this again. Because it's not the organizer's fault. Sure. They can't help the weather. That's right. Um, now, when they schedule it and stuff, yeah, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> What about, what about uh, how how's the culture between the food trucks? Are usually oh, the food trucks? always great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because everybody's in competition with each other, which, I mean, we're a dessert truck, so I don't. There's other dessert vendors out there, and yeah, I'm friends with them. Sure. I mean, I know uh, several different uh, vendors and stuff that do desserts, and it's not like mm. now. If it was another cookie truck, it might be a little different. There was <laughs> there was one that did uh, cookie dough, uh-huh. um, which they're not around anymore. But um, I would kind of just I didn't want to be placed next to them because sure. it's one thing if you have direct competition and you're on opposite ends of the food court. It's another thing whenever you're right next to each other because basically whenever it boils down to it, if someone's hungry, they're going to go to whatever line is moving the fastest. Yeah. And I can move my line pretty, pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did 217 tickets today in 120 minutes. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. It's booking it. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's all it's just experience and, and learning kind of what works best for you. Um I work really good by myself. Now, just because I can do something, it doesn't mean that everyone else on my team can do what I do because I've had the most hours sure. and time put into doing what it is that we do. For the truck and Starlin, uh, just quick question for you. Is that, are you producing the food to send down there at, mm-hmm. in Statesboro? Yeah. And so you're, at some point, you're m- moving that dough mm-hmm. or whatever it is, yeah. uh, cookies down to mm-hmm. Starlin. Got you. So they yeah, don't bake take, down there. Yeah, they bake down there. Oh, they do. Yeah, they okay. bake on everything. the truck. Yes. Okay, got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah, everything's baked fresh down at Starlin. Um, we we make our dough. Everything's made from scratch, and then we freeze it. Yeah. And what that does, well, number one, it lets us stockpile dough. Sure. Um, but then also we can bake fresh on site wherever we go, mm-hmm. um, because having that ability, it kind of gives us an advantage because if we have you know, if we don't bake everything, then we can take that back and use it at another event or we can use it in the shop. Um, we can do it online. You know, we do online stuff. So, What's the dream with Johnny Boy? Oh, What does that look like for you? Well, now that – so we did – we rebranded everything and um, – Which the rebrand looks amazing. Thank you. I really like it. Uh, Pioneer. We worked with a Pioneer here and they, they were – great to work with. Yep. They really kind of, I mean, from just our original concepts of, of big boy and, you know, it was big boy because that's what my brother always called me growing up and I yeah. wasn't really a fan of it, but I decided I would take it and make it my own kind of thing and embrace it. And, um, you know, everybody called me big boy for a long time. You know, it's it wasn't never, nobody ever knew my name. And now people will be like, what's your name? And I'm like, jeez, <laughs> it's Johnny. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, it's funny. Uh, the rebrand, I think we did that in October of last year. Uh huh. Right? I believe so. Okay. It's if once you, once you have kids, it's like warp speed. I have no excuse for that. Yeah. I just. But I mean, yeah, but you got a lot of stuff going on. You Basically, you can consider each business thing a kid. You know, I was telling Hannah after we had our first son, I was like, well, now we have two children. And yeah. she's like, well. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the business is a little easier to ignore sometimes. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Still have messes to clean up though. That's right. 
That's right. <laughs> but everything's been awesome. I mean, we have two kids now. We have um, our son and a daughter, mm. uh, two and or yeah, four and two, and it's 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 wide open, never stops. Um, lots of projects to keep us busy. Yeah. Um, but what's but, the future hold? Like, what what do you for Johnny Boy? Yeah. Now that we have a clear understanding of what we kind of. Uh, want to do with the business, it'll be to franchise. And originally I was planning on selling franchises mm-hmm. and getting into that and really working towards that. Um, it's a big investment to start doing that. And I know that once we do, I kind of can't have hands on anything. Sure. Like in our own store, because I'm going to have to go and get these established, help them kind of get going. Um, and Eventually, that's what we would like to do. I think for the in the meantime, what we're going to try to do over the next few years is try to establish um, local franchise. Well, it'll be like corporate-owned franchises. Sure. So we'll be the ones that are growing and expanding that way. And then once we get, I don't know, five, hopefully we'll be at a sure. point where we'll have everything kind of I think that's the typical strategy right yeah. like to grow to like well you know some people like great american cookie company mm. they started with zero yeah franchise they started franchising from the rip sure um which is funny that i think uh, somebody was telling me that their grand opening they didn't have any oven mitts uh-huh so At like all. no there was like <laughs> nothing there and they were like oh. <laughs> What were they using? Paper towels? Probably just towels in general yeah. or taking their shirt off, you know, <laughs> grabbing shirts and using that. I've gotten to events. Uh-huh. I've gotten to an event and not had the cash box to do sales. Jeez. Uh, I've been locked out of the trailer before. Uh, I've been no tongs to serve with. I've had no... Um, God, it's it's been a lot of stuff. Like, you end up, like, burning your hands and stuff, which I will say... <laughs> In the in the years that I've been doing this, I've caught one really good burn right uh, here on the inside of my arm because uh-huh. I was spinning a pan and somebody came on and they were like, "Hey!" and I was like, "Hey, man!" and, I, uh, uh, and yeah, it's scarred up for a little while. You can't. It's funny because I will have like new people come on and I'll look at their hands and they've got like little whelps. On. I was like, "What is all that on your hands?" Well, I, I touched a pan. I was like, "What?" <laughs> What do you mean? They were like, well, they, you just bump it. And I was like, okay. I mean, I don't fall. I don't like try to give people. I do give people a hard time, but it's all in good yeah. fun. But, you know, I'm not trying to be mean about it most of the time. I think, you know, in here, but, uh, the more that you experience, mm-hmm. the more, you know, stress that you can take, right? That yeah. first one, when that first thing that goes wrong, you're kind of mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like, what do I do now? But then as more and more things happen to you, you're like, it doesn't almost doesn't phase you anymore. You're just yeah. like, okay, well, how do we figure this one out? Or well, how do we figure this problem out? And part of that comes with age. And, and like, I know it's like a lot of people have said this and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But whenever you have kids and stuff, you understand that a small problem is a momentary inconvenience. Mm where a big problem is something that you can overcome. There's there's a solution always, almost always. I mean, I can't say for sure on everybody's situation, but what seems like it's a big deal is not mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yeah, It seems like it's a big deal, but it's not in the grand scheme of things. That's right. You know, uh, if, you, right. if you mess up and you burn a pan of cookies, 
God, I remember I'd be like, well, you're buying that. Yeah. And I, well, I, you can't do that kind of crap, <laughs> but like, that's, that's like your initial, you're buying it. Yeah. You, you burn it, you're buying yeah. it. It's, you know, and now it's like, okay, well, we're just not going to sell those. If anybody sure. wants them, they can have them. Sure. Or we'll give them, give them away. Sure. You know, um, we've tried doing stuff with like uh, shelters and stuff. Yeah. Um, one time we did this big show in D.C. and we came back and we had like 1,500 cookies. Uh, we had packaged and, you know, we had taken like 5,000 to this show. Yeah. We baked everything, packaged it, and took it up there. And, like, me and Hannah worked it. And she was uh, – this was in December. We had had Abraham, our first son, in September. Yeah. So we're, like, three months out. So every, like, hour or two, Hannah was having to, like, go pump and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and my mother-in-law, we we went and did this show. And, dude, it was, like, eight hours uh-huh. of nonstop. Hey, just how you like, doing? Yeah, this yeah. big boy cookies. Blah, 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 blah. And just – Wide open yeah. all day for like three days straight. Yeah. Anyway, we ended up giving all of those to uh, some some kind of kids mm-hmm. thing in Savannah. I don't remember. It was, you know, that was uh, 2018. Yeah. Let's it, talk, let's change back, direction. Okay, back to yeah. All right, I already already said the future stuff. Well, t- talk to me about uh, what the cookies are like. How like. If no no one out there has eaten a cookie before, what so, is a Johnny Boy cookie? Um, whenever I'm inspired to make a cookie flavor or to do something, whenever people ask me to explain stuff to them, I'm just like, here, just taste one. Sure. You know, if you can't taste it, like some of our the, – the most meaningful recipes for me, um, chocolate chips is classic. I mean, our, we, we do put a little bit more salt – in our cookies because it... I taste it. Yeah. So whenever you get that saltiness in there, it highlights the sweet. Mm. So you get this balance. And that's what I've tried to do with all of our flavors is kind of balance out that salty and sweet. Uh, Whenever we were talking with Pioneer, one of my favorite things, they were like, yeah, you have the salty and sweet just like life. Mm. You have the saltiness to enhance the sweetness. Love that. So yeah, that was one of my favorite things. So that's kind of part of it. So like whenever I, I want to make something and I try to think about how I place the flavor in the description of it. So like maple bacon bourbon, maple should be the first thing you taste and then bacon and then bourbon. Love so that. the bourbon kind of comes in on the end with this smoky vanilla flavor, which I mean, at the beginning it was like, oh, well, that, yeah, I was like, I need to make like the manliest cookie ever. <laughs> and I wanted to call it the Duke, but at the time, like at that time, there was a bourbon company that had just released yeah. called the Duke yeah. and John Wayne's family sued them. And I was like, Whoa. yeah, don't want to do it. That. <laughs> Not calling it that, but it's funny. Maple bacon bourbon. Yeah. I can say it all day. It doesn't bother me because I've been saying it so long. Sure. But people order the marple berber. Uh-huh. Like they, it, it's a tongue twister. I mean, it is the first time, first couple of times you say it, It'll kind of trip you up. But then uh, peanut butter banana, uh, It's I don't like basic peanut butter cookies because I think they're dry. And I used to make peanut butter banana sandwiches at the house. And then I, I had found this recipe where you do a peanut butter – it was for a banana sandwich or peanut butter mm-hmm. banana sandwich. But they put honey 
and then sprinkled a little bit of cinnamon on it. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, well, that's it's a great sandwich. If you ever make a peanut butter and banana sandwich, you know, slice your banana good. You can grill it. That's a little, I mean, I, I'm like ready to eat whenever <laughs> I'm ready to eat. So uh, if you do peanut butter, banana, and then you drizzle a little honey and then just sprinkle a little bit of salt on it, or salt, not salt, cinnamon. Uh-huh. Um, that's kind of one of the things that... And, and that then, inspired that, that yeah, cookie. Yeah. And then banana pudding, um, I was inspired to make that whenever I watched my brother-in-law and one of my cousins, or Hannah's cousins, uh, like they were like fighting over the last little bit of banana pudding at uh, Thanksgiving one year. Uh, that was actually Thanksgiving of 16, mm-hmm. no, 15, 15, because I made, I had it ready whenever we did our first event and stuff. It was like our newest cookie flavor. Um, and yeah, I mean, making, making that was kind of tricky. Um, whenever I was first getting started making recipes and stuff, I was like, oh man, nobody's ever done this. And I was like writing down all my thoughts and ideas and stuff. And then I was like, wait, I mean, there is the internet right there on the (laughs) phone. So I would like Google something and there'd be like 30 recipes. But then whenever you look through and read them, it's different sure. because whoever developed that has a different palate than what I have. Sure. I'm like very bold flavors, but you can also have like some stuff's very light and it can overpower. Yeah. Uh, The lavender vanilla tea cake is one of those examples. Uh, I met a a lavender farmer at an event we were doing and I was like, oh, I got a perfect cookie for you to try. And they came and they were like, how did you get that in there? And it was just, it was using an extract where they were using fresh lavender in their cookies and stuff. And I was like, I mean, using fresh ingredients is great. But like if I use fresh fruit in a cookie, whenever it bakes, it's going to be like mushy around it. Um, so using the extract, I was able to get like a really light, subtle flavor in there. And I like doing that with stuff. How long does it take for you to develop a recipe? It depends on the recipe. I've hit some of them pretty much square on like first round. Uh-huh. But typically I can dial it in within three batches now. Wow. Um, well, did it start out like that? No. I worked on the caramel apple oatmeal cookie for about two years. Wow. Making different just tweaking little bits. Like uh, I read an article uh, in Cooks Illustrated by Chris Kimball where he was trying to make the perfect chocolate chip cookie. And he ended up making, he he said he did 800 batches of cookies, Mm -hmm. if I remember right. Uh, He's done them with all white sugar, all brown sugar, all dark brown sugar, um, doing egg whites only, doing egg yolks only, uh, trying out different vanillas, trying out different flours, all kind of like this crazy stuff. And I was like, man, that is awesome. Uh-huh. And how, but, so how do you know when you have like the perfect recipe? Like what, like what I let other people for? try it. Yeah. Yeah. I always, so you, so you're not the one that's really saying, Oh, like, I'll taste, I taste the dough and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but see, once, once you're done, cause if you try, like if you cream your butter and sugar and your extracts or your vanilla or whatever, once you'd have that, that's not your finished product. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to bake it to really try it. But I can kind of glean what a finished baked product would typically taste like. And I'll, I'll try the baked product too, sure. but like the dough will give you a good indicator I, of where idea. you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, you lose flavors whenever you bake it. You do. Yeah. So like... Um, so it's a little bit stronger at the dough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the cookie dough is good. Yeah. And uh, we started doing edible cookie dough too. Okay. Um, and I think 
<laughs> we were talking to somebody and they're like, you do what? So we, I think we're probably like one of the, I won't say the only, but we're a, a, one of the a few. few. Uh-huh. Uh, we actually, I make my exact recipe for our chocolate chips, but we do pasteurize, we fa- pasteurize our eggs. Mm. So it kills any kind of bacteria. And then we also heat treat our flour. Mm-hmm. So you could technically take our dough bites and bake them. Mm. Uh, and, you know, have little mini cookies. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, it still has everything in it. Uh, a lot of places just do like butter and sugar. And I mean, it, it does cut and maybe eggs or they do oil. Um, I try to substitute. Right? Yeah. I, I try to use I try to make my cookies and stuff like my grandmother would have made it. Love that. So that's one of the things where I don't I don't use a lot of oils and I try not to use artificial flavoring or artificial colors. Or flavorings. I mean, I try to use like old traditional stuff, like our molasses cookie, mm. super old. Re- I mean, it's a new recipe because it's my recipe, but like that takes me back to my childhood because I used to like the old fashioned molasses cookies, which I couldn't really get my. I've tweaked that recipe a few times because I like them when they're thicker. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a couple of them on the way here. Well, well let, let's <laughs> talk about that. You know, I, and I've heard it multiple times now. It seems as if your grandmother had a huge impact on what you're doing right like you know like did she cook with you at that period of time or so what's that story so my grandmother that i typically talk about most of the time it was actually my babysitter but she was like a grandmother's that uh the people that i stayed with the most um were lived next door to it was it was my parents best friends parents Okay. I know that's kind of a, anyway, we're, we're all like family. Sure. Um, and my grandfather on my dad's side, he had passed whenever I was like five and my grandmother, um, health issues and stuff, but Mm -hmm. she was also like very stern about stuff, but she always cooked a lot. But anyway, she worked up and up until she was older anyway, uh, Warren and Gladys was the people that I stayed with the most whenever I was a kid. Well, other than my parents, but um, they always cooked together. They, you know, did things together. Like they would garden, mm-hmm. they would do their own stuff. But she always made everything from scratch because they she she was she grew up through like the depression and everything. Sure. And so, I think that's part of why I am the way that I am. You know, I have like I don't like to waste anything. Sure. So like. Whenever I'm training people on how to like scrape the bowls out and stuff, it's clean. I want it to be cleaned where, I mean, if you wiped it out, you could use it. But, you know, I mean, wash, rinse and sanitize. But (laughs) whenever they're working, like if I'm working with a new person and I show them how to clean the bowls and the spatulas and everything, and they're like, Jesus, (laughs) there's like nothing on here. I was like, that's what it should look like whenever you get done. Because I said but that's, every... that's something that she instilled. Yeah. But how could, so she, where you would go over, I guess you would have maybe dinner over there or... Oh, I would st- like, they I, they lived um, like a few blocks from the school. So sure. either I would walk to their house or uh-huh. they would come get me. Um, she, did she put you to work? Was she sometimes, like... but it was more like I would watch yeah. a lot and making dope biscuits from scratch. Um, let me just tell you. If you ever try to get a recipe from someone over the age, let's see, now, if you try to get a recipe from someone over the age of like 80, 85, they're going to tell you like just enough. Yeah. Oh, it's, you just, it's based off of feeling. Yeah, it's just enough. <laughs> so I actually made the recipe for biscuits. I had yeah. to I had to go back and like learn it from scratch 
And I measured everything, so I called it Grandma's Just Enough Biscuits. Because yeah, I, I tried that. doing breakfast for a while at the shop. Never really took off. So yeah. I, after like a week of going up there at 5 o'clock in the morning, I was like, nobody came in until <laughs> 9 o'clock. I'm done doing that. Um, so anyway, working with them and just seeing how you take things from scratch and it, it like adds another element to it. So it's like mm. adding, you know, adding the love yeah. into the product. It, it makes a difference. Yeah. You know, uh, whenever I was a kid and my mom would make me a sandwich, it was always so much better than whenever I would make myself a sandwich mm-hmm. because she was putting feeling into it, I guess. Sure. I don't, I don't, I'm sure it probably wasn't like, oh, I love him so much. He's such a sweet boy, you know. <laughs> it was probably more, God, dog, it's aggravating. <laughs> I wish he would be so hungry all the time. <laughs> so I learned... You have, I mean, you, you put feelings into stuff whenever you make it. So you just think about like thinking about family and stuff like that while you're preparing something is kind of how I've developed a lot of the products and or the cookie recipes and stuff. Uh, so like, well, I have to say that it shows, right? You know, uh, even with, you know, the cookies that you uh, have in the community or even just speaking with you, I think that there is a almost intentionality behind everything that you do mm-hmm. um, and it shows right you that's why you have seen the growth that you have seen that's why you're making it to five years that's why you see kind of like this clear path to kind of like the future mm-hmm. um, that you're um, developing yourself and so I, I think you know it's so it's so great to hear that that is where that started from right yeah. like just out of the kitchen and like seeing somebody that has a passion for what it is that they're doing um, and I love the fact that that's what you're also doing for like the team that you're building right now mm-hmm. is not only just, hey, like this is what I expect, but this is honestly things that you could potentially also implement in your own life. Right. Yeah. Like when you're when you're cooking for yourself, it shouldn't just be like a messy pan, just like, you know, that wasteful type of uh, thing there. But it is definitely very inspiring, to say the least. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have to you know say thank you for uh, stopping by the show. It's absolutely, absolutely been uh, very interesting. I've never, I didn't realize that there was so much like backstory to everything that it is that you do. But um, glad to have you a part of the community. Um, love tasting your cookies all the time. Thank you for bringing some cookies for me earlier, uh, and super excited for everything uh, upcoming for you. Well, thank you. All right, all right I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Cool.